to That Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to That Wrestling Podcast. This is a TWP Extra, the Revolution Recap, which usually happens an hour or so after the actual pay-per-view. But since none of the boys got the pay-per-view and Brian's still benched, you know, due to load management, it's just me. So it is Tuesday, and I've had a day or two to just think about everything that went down. And, you know, AEW pay-per-views are a lot like NXT PLEs. They always deliver. I don't remember a bad pay-per-view, much like I don't remember a bad NXT PLE, a takeover, if you will. Uh, let's just start with the main event. Max Friedman, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, MJF, uh, now the 67-minute man, defeated Brian Danielson in the Iron Man match, four falls to three. I originally thought it would be like 7-6 or 6-5, but no. However, the one thing I did say on the show past Friday, he did get disqualified. My suggestion was hit Danielson with a chair, take the disqualification loss, and then get a couple pinfalls. Now, he did that, but he kicked him in the dick. He did not hit him with the chair. Uh, Max got two pins, tied it up 2-2, and went from there. But overall, you know, what Max did – he did prove he was the best wrestler in the world, and he proved all the naysayers, me included, that he could go 60 minutes. Now, prior to that, <clears throat> they acknowledged that his longest match was 38 minutes. Now, I didn't know that fact until the pay-per-view. Excalibur, Shivani, and Taz killed it. The MVPs of the pay-per-view, they did so well, especially during that main event. And for me, I could have went, but... I wasn't sitting through a 60-minute match with no commentary. So commentary definitely made the 60 minutes go very fast. And what I was really happy about, it was the actual time. I started a stopwatch right when the match started, and it ended at 60. I didn't like the sudden death thing. It's been done before, much like everything else in wrestling. However, I think we had to have it. We had to have a winner. And even though through nefarious means – MJF prevailed. And for me, that capped off an entire night of where this pay-per-view could be the turning point for AEW. And yes, I know, turning point is an impact pay-per-view name. But we'll get to my point as we go along. So MJF had me a little worried. There's a lot of uh, best in the world talk. We know what that means. And not just on TV, but online. And then even Ringside Collectibles, they put out a MJF CM Punk dog collar match for their blood and gut series. Uh, so I really thought we were going to get the return of CM Punk. And while I know it makes great money and great sense business-wise, I don't know what it does for morale of AEW. So another match that really won me over, uh, not surprised, was the House of Black against the Elite. The House of Black won the Elite's ego titles, I mean trios titles, and before the match, I tweeted that the House of Black needed a W, and I'm so glad they got it because the elite don't need titles. It was just a make-do for what happened at Brawl Out, but I'm glad that Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King are now the trio's champions. And with all the factions that AEW has, I felt they bring something different than all the other ones. You know, we've got... Notification that the factory QT Marshall's group has disbanded. And that sucks because they had a lot of young guys, you know, Lee Johnson. They had 
guys that I'm a ride at big Jack dude, Harry dude. I can't think of his name right now. Cole Carter, like just, they had young guys, but they are disbanded. And if you've been watching dark and you have to be the hardest of the hardcore to watch dark, you know what QTV is. Um, we'll save that for another conversation. So hopefully we'll get more of that And QT can prove that he is worth what he is. Cause he has a documentary about his career and it is amazing. Go search that out. Um, the tag title match, four-way scramble. We got the return of FTR, which I'm excited for because, you know, those are my guys. But I'm more excited to the fact that the guns retain, only because with MJF winning, homegrown. The guns winning, homegrown. And even though the acclaimed are homegrown, I like that they're going to try to build this tag division off the guns for a while. Danhausen and Orange Cassidy, I th- there was a one moment where I thought they were going to get it, but, for, you know, they didn't. And overall, just a, a, it was a bit of a cluster, but, you know, we got something good out of it with the guns retaining. Um, a Texas dev match in San Francisco turned out to be very controversial on Twitter. And what I mean by that, it was the I love the blood versus I don't love the blood people. For me, I don't get off on the blood, but it doesn't turn me off. either. And for, you know, the joke that I made on Friday's show, like. It's a Texas death match in San Francisco where one guy's from Cincinnati and another is from Virginia. And I had to clear it up to somebody that it's not cowboy Adam Page, it's hangman Adam Page. He just does cowboy shit. And he won the match by hanging Mox over the ropes with the chain. So he lived up to his nickname, the hangman. Now I'm curious to see what happens next. Um, much like Max, much like the guns, Hangman essentially is homegrown. And that's what I mean by this turning point. A lot of the homegrown, you know, the big women's three-way, Soraya, Ruby Soho, and Jamie Hayter. You know, we got Jamie Hayter winning again, another homegrown talent. And that's why I'm saying this was a turning point. Now, what really sucks, uh, Joe actually, surprisingly, made a good point on this past week's show that he wanted Ruby Soho to be like Diamond Dallas Page. Now, when uh, WCW had to deal with the NWO, uh, they wanted Page. And Page stuck with WCW, did not go with NWO. We thought Ruby was going to go down that route, but nope. She turned her back on Britt. She turned her back on Jamie and joined Soraya and Tony Storm with their new women everywhere or whatever. Uh, what, they don't have an official name yet, but the freelancers, I think they, I, they called them on uh, commentary. But I really thought this was the opportunity to bring in the Bellas. And I know you're probably shaking your head. We don't need the Bellas. But they were backstage. So earlier in the day, a picture got posted, and I thought, oh, my God, we're going to get it. And it would increase female viewership because the Bellas have a following. But right now, no Bellas in AEW. And, uh, you know, Ruby's now a bad guy. You know, so, but Jamie did, Jamie Hayter retained. And Ricky Starks, he's another one. He beat Jericho. He had some help with Action Andretti to fend off Sammy G, even though Sammy was not supposed to be at ringside. But Ricky Starks, another one, homegrown. Gets the win. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, last burial, first burial, whatever you want to call that match with Christian Cage. 
I was burned out by this feud because it's been going on for so long, and I get it, long-term storytelling, but this match was really good. And again, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, homegrown, one of the pillars, and he picked up a victory. I'm looking at my notes here. Um, The whole point of me saying all of this, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, MJF, Jamie Hayter, House of Black. House of Black, not exactly homegrown, but not the elite either. This was a pay-per-view. You know, it's called Revolution. I'm calling it a turning point. It was just exciting. It delivered. And if you watched it, you know that I'm right. So what does this mean moving forward? You know, we have guys like Jericho and Danielson that are doing their part. They're the veterans. They're trying to bring up the next guys. Jericho came out last week and said he will never get a return win against Action Andretti, a match that nobody saw Andretti winning, except Brian, I get it. And Danielson, he didn't have to go 60 minutes just to lose, but he is now in that leadership role. And I'm excited to see what these elder statesmen do moving forward. And with FTR, I don't know where you stand with them. They're not homegrown. They weren't superstars in WWE, but they are my favorite tag team right now, my favorite wrestlers right now. So I'm glad to see they're back. And, you know, the Chicago-sized shadow that's over AEW with all this talk about CM Punk, like I said earlier, if it makes dollars, it makes sense, and hopefully uh, they can get their shit together and make some really, really good TV. Because while I am a WWE guy, I love watching AEW. It's the superest of super indies, if superest is a word. So make sure to follow us online at that WrestlePod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. You can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching this. Thank you. It's at that wrestling podcast. We are trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by WrestleMania. So that's a couple weeks away. We're a couple hundred away. So if you could subscribe, if you want to leave some comments down below of what you thought of this pay-per-view or the podcast or me, uh, you can also pick up merch, including there's a dinosaur in Uranus shirt uh, from our SummerSlam trip at whatamaneuver.net. So I will be back Friday with the boys. I'm not sure which combination. Uh, I just know that hopefully it will not be another solo run. But if it is, solo runs aren't that bad, right? Just kidding. Just kidding. Could not do the show without the guy, except maybe Joe. Anyway, enjoy wrestling. We'll talk to you Friday on That Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow That WrestlePod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. One, two, three, that's it! <laughs>